Good morning. I'm hoping everybody is saying good morning back. Good morning. <laughs> it's good to have you here this morning on YouTube Live. This is kind of an unusual situation, as many of you know. And so we are going to uh, try to live stream the next few Sundays. And until further notice, as the announcements had made mention of, we will continue live streaming on Sunday mornings until we get the okay to once again gather as an assembly of God's people. So I want to thank all of you who have tuned in to be a part of our live stream this morning. I'm grateful to Tyler, who was our IT man on staff, who takes care of all of our uh, IT issues, uh, deals with live streaming, YouTube, and any other tech and technological advancements that you can imagine. So we're grateful uh, for Tyler and his gifts and his abilities uh, to handle this for us so we can stay in some way connected as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I always get a little nervous when I get up here to speak, but this is nerve-wracking not having anybody but Tyler in the audience this morning. So I hope you can imagine uh, what it must be like here, looking at uh, 100-plus empty chairs, and yet, hopefully, we've got several who are online with us streaming this morning. Uh, before we begin this morning, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, we want to thank you so much for this privilege, using this technology that we have, Father, to still gather as your children, to share together, Father, in, in uh, this study of your word, in praising you, Father, and offering prayers to you. And Father, we do ask that you might be with those who are struggling with the virus, pray that you might be watchful and mindful of them, that you might heal their bodies. We do pray for our country and our world that they might find an uh, antibody that might be able to attack this virus and take care of it. Father, we know all of these things are in your hands. And Father, we just pray that your blessings might be upon uh, not only our country, but the world. Father, we have also members of our congregation that are battling other types of physical ailments and problems. And we ask, Father, in a very special way that uh, you might be with them. Father, help them to practice social distancing, and Father, keep them away from uh, this virus. Uh, put your protection around them, Father, that uh, they might not uh, be in con contact with anybody that might be carrying the virus. Father, we do thank you so much for being the God that watches over this world, that watches over us, that's mindful of your children every day, for every blessing that you pour upon us. We thank you so much for being the God and the Father that you are. Bless us, Father, today in, in our study from your word. Bless us, Father, as we surround this table virtually from uh, different parts of the country and in our community here as brothers and sisters in Christ as we share in the greatest supper of all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With me and Tyler being here, the only ones being here physically, it reminds me of a story I heard about a farmer and a preacher and their connection, uh, the farming community in which this congregation existed, had a preacher that was dealing with some terrible, terrible weather in his area, as well as the community was, that had a heavy, heavy snowstorm, 
He'd come over to the building early to kind of light up the fires and the heaters and got ready for possibly somebody, if anybody, was going to show up for services. As he was sitting down front waiting for people to come in, he noticed as it was time for the assembly to start, that there was one lone farmer sitting at the back of the auditorium. He was kind of discouraged, and he went back to talk to the old farmer, and he said, look, I'm sorry, but it looks like we're going to have to cancel services. You and me are the only ones here. And the old farmer, in his wisdom, told that preacher, he said, you know, son, he says, when I get up every morning to go feed the cattle, if one shows up, I feed them. If 50 show up, I feed them. And man, that fired the preacher up. He says, all right then. He got in the pulpit and he preached for an hour and a half. And when he got done, he went back to that old farmer and he said, what do you think? And the old farmer said, now son, when I get up early in the morning to go feed those cows, if only one shows up, I don't give him the whole load at one time. So today, Tyler is going to be the only one here. And so he's going to get the full load and I hope and pray that you will enjoy what we're going to do today. I hope and pray that you're following the uh, executive orders, not only from our governor, but also from our county to make sure that you are social distancing, make sure you're not part of gatherings that are 10 or above, and just be mindful to be very, very careful with uh, with any underlying medical conditions that you might have because you are more likely being at high risk. So just be mindful. And if you're an introvert, this is something that you really can, this is not any different for you. Social distancing is something that probably you don't have a hard time dealing with. But if you're an extrovert and you like being around people and you like being out and about doing things, this is not in your wheelhouse. And so you're probably struggling with probably dealing with things like cabin fever, spring fever, and things of this nature. And so uh, I know that we're all struggling with the way our world is today. And maybe it's times like this that I hope and pray that we find ourselves truly looking up. Because when all that is good falls apart, what can good men do? Maybe you are a person who can relate to these phrases. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. How about this one? Tough times don't last, tough people do. Now those are two probably secular statements that we can relate to. But maybe these are some that are more appropriate for those of us who have spiritual connections with our God. I will lift my eyes to the hills. From where shall my help come from? And David answers that question by saying, my help comes from the Lord. How about Paul's statement while he is in prison, facing possible execution? Paul says, I can do all things through Him who gives me my strength. Paul was an individual who was one of the most positive preachers you would have ever come across in some of the most difficult times imaginable that a human being has faced. And yet, he could say these positive things. I believe it's times like these that really drive us to 
our knees. A place, folks, where we should have been all along on our knees in grateful prayer and praise to our God. Have you noticed all the talk on TV here lately? Not only around our country, but around the world. The words like prayer, the name of God being used in a positive way. Terms like compassion and kindness, being good to your fellow man, looking for opportunities to serve. These are things that we as Christians already know and understand and appreciate and believe that's the way the world ought to operate by God's standards. But sometimes, folks, it takes a crisis to even remind some of us as Christians how desperately we are to be people that are in need of prayer. And it's times like this when we find ourselves on our backs that we finally begin to look to the person to whom we have to do, to God Himself. We finally find ourselves looking up, not only as individuals, but as a nation. As a nation. Do you remember almost 19 years ago, we had an attack on this country? It is referred to as 9-11. During that period of time, our nation was brought to its knees. Places of worship were packed for several weeks. And after those weeks, and things began to kind of lay down, then it subsided. Now we have this, not epidemic, but pandemic, that's not only affecting our country, but is affecting the world. And folks around the world, and folks in our country, have been, are starting to do things and have been doing things they may have not been thinking about or doing until this occurred. And that is looking up. Praying to our Creator. I believe, and you know that I've stated this in Bible classes and sermons, that fundamentally God works in two primary ways. He either determines, predetermines things to happen, or He allows things to happen. And what I mean by that is, is that God is always in control, a subject that we'll touch on in just a moment. That He's always got a purpose and a reason for what is going on in this world. That nothing is chaotic to God. It may be out of control to you and me, because there's absolutely weakness nothing that we can do about this pandemic except do all that we can to do what we've been asked by the medical profession and our governing authorities to try to stem a continual outbreak of this more than it already has occurred and to stem the tide. So maybe like David, you and I can ask the And that question was this. When all that is good falls apart. Hello listeners, this is Tyler from the future. After 
this service concluded, we realized due to some technical issues, there was about one minute where audio was not being recorded. And so now we will cut back to where that section finally did start recording again. Apologize for the inconvenience. Parents, this is our new environment. This is our new reality as human beings. And I don't know about you, but financially, emotionally, physically, things were going great for me. And I imagine they were going well for you as well. I don't like social distancing. I'm a person who likes to be around individuals. I like to hug on people. I like to shake their hands, pat their backs. And this is something that I've had, and I know that you've had, to make a tremendous adjustment with. And some people have actually had to be quarantined for at least two weeks because they possibly have it or they have been declared as having it. And now we have a virus, a virus that has affected the world. Thousands upon thousands of people worldwide have been infected by this virus, an unseen enemy that is bringing insecurity, that's bringing frustration, job loss, isolation, cabin fever, and economic stress, both physically, emotionally, and for some, it's even causing some spiritual problems. David asked the question, when all that is good falls apart, if there was any person who could make that statement and then say, what can good people do? It was David. David, the man after God's own heart. The least in his family who would be anointed king of Israel. The one who took on the giant Goliath. The one who became a member of the king's court. The best buddy to the king's son, Jonathan. The warrior king. And yet he was a man. Even though a man after God's own heart, a man of faith was an individual who understood and could make a statement like that. When all that is good falls apart, what can good people do? You see, even in David's life, things happened to him that caused things to be out of his control. You know, it's one thing for David to commit sin that he shouldn't have done, and that had been in his control. But when things were out of David's control, that is when the problems begin to start. His faith was challenged. And he had to begin to look up like he had never looked up before. And that's what's happening to us as well. Nobody wanted this pandemic. It's a tough thing to deal with. When those things that you were used to doing, you can't do those things anymore. We are restrained. We are in, as it were, lockdown at times. And we're afraid to go out and talk with people or deal with people. This is out of our control. Because you see, we're used 
as Americans, as human beings, taking care of things, writing the check, looking to our resources to handle the problem, looking to our own strength, our own gifts, our own abilities, not with this. This is something that you and I cannot control. And when you can't control something, that brings frustration and that brings at times fear. But this is what David says. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His throne in heaven. You see, folks, when you and I look around at our natural world and what's going on around us, all we can see is the problem. But when we begin to look up with the eyes of faith, to the Creator of the universe, to God, to our Father, we see the answer to the problem. I don't know what's in the future. None of us do. But I know God holds the future in His hands, not mine. His. That's why David asked the question, and that's the way, reason why he made the declaration and the statement that he made. Because he wants us to look up. He wants us to do what he did, and that is to look up and to trust completely, wholeheartedly in God. As a matter of fact, David will say in Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10, those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. What does David say to his question? David asked the question, when everything, when all that is good falls apart, what is it that good men can do? And he answers the question with more of a declaration than an answer. He says, the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord sits on His throne in heaven. What is David's point? What was it that through the difficult times in David's life that David had learned through struggle and storm and crisis? He remembered God's presence. The Lord is in His holy temple. That may not mean a whole lot to you and me, but boy, it was sure significant to the heart and mind of a Jewish follower of God. You see, God has always wanted intimate relationships with His highest form with creation, with you and me, with human beings. When God created the heavens and the earth, He set and created man and set them in a garden in Eden. Adam and Eve. And what was it that God enjoyed about that creation, that highest form of creation, above all that He created? What, God, what did God enjoy? He enjoyed that intimate fellowship and communion with Adam and Eve. 
And we know the tragic results that happened from that. We know that they were cast out of the garden. But that doesn't mean that God still did not want to have fellowship with His highest form of creation. And so He talked individually to the patriarchs, to those fathers of old, personally, privately. He talked to them. He communed with them. Even at Mount Sinai, God communed with a man named Moses. And Moses would establish the tent. I didn't know if you knew this or not. That before the tabernacle was ever established, there was a tent where the people of God would go gather with Moses and talk and commune, as it were, with God. And then the tabernacle was established. And then the temple. What was it? Why was this something that was so important for God to have with human beings? God has always wanted to manifest Himself among the human community. He always wanted to let man know that He wasn't just over them, transcendent, but He was among them. That He was a personal God. And so David says, the Lord is in His holy temple. God's presence was with the children of Israel when they saw the tabernacle, when they saw the tent, the tent of meeting, when they saw the temple, they experienced, as it were, the very presence of God. That He was still with them. That He was still among them. And that brought them peace. And that brought them comfort. That brought them hope. And they knew that that's where and from where their blessings came from Him. Now how about today? We no longer have a tent of meeting as it were. We no longer have the tabernacle. We no longer have the temple. Or do we? When you take a look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul declares that the church, the local body of God's people, are the temple. And then you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verses 19 and 20, and we find out that us individually as children of God are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And He calls us His body. He calls us His family. And maybe that's the reason why that Jesus says that you and I as His children are the salt and the light to the world. That we are the extension of His ministry and His touch to those that are hurting. To those that need burdens bore. That we are His embrace. And right now, social distancing means that we can't do a lot of social, physical embracing. So let me give you today a virtual hug to let you know that hug comes from God. That He embraces His children in His bosom. That He is a person who puts us on His knee and He loves us desperately. He's not just over us. He's with us. He's among us. He's present. He hasn't turned His back on you or this country or this world. 
But more importantly, as Jesus declared to His disciples before His crucifixion, He made a promise that He would leave them with a comforter that would be just like Him. That not only would be with us, but would be in us. So what does that mean? Do, can we still believe that God is in His holy temple? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not based on a feeling. That's based upon concrete knowledge from the Word of God. No wonder the Hebrew writer says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and verse 6, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As the psalmist will say in Psalms 46 and verse 1, He is an ever-present. Underline that. He is an ever-present help in the time of need. came across the passage in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. The book of Deuteronomy is a series of sermons spoken by Moses before the children of Israel crossed from the east side of the Jordan into the promised land. And this is one of Moses' statements to his people. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on Him. The psalmist was correct. <laughs> the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. But the second thing we need to learn is that not only is God present with us, but we need to remember God's power that He possesses. For it says that the Lord sets on His throne in heaven. You see, our God is unfettered by storms. He's untouched by disease. He's not frightened by problems. God is still on His throne. And I know sometimes it doesn't look like it. But God has everything completely in His control. Terms that are used for God is sovereign, ruler, Lord, master. He is the one that holds all things together by the word of His power. No wonder the psalmist will use terms in talking about this God that we serve and that we love so desperately as a rock, as a shield, as my strength, as my fortress. The one who can always take tragedies and crises and storms and turn them into something that is triumphant. And there was no greater demonstration of that than the cross. What looked to be so tragic became such a triumphant victory for mankind. And God, He is in control. He knows the future. He holds all things in His hands. 
And he's the one that's got his hands on the dials. He either predetermines things to happen or he allows things to happen. And all of those things, predetermined or allowed, are working according to his desired will. And so the psalmist will say in Psalms 103 verse 19, The Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. And that includes disease. In Psalms 123, verses 1 and 2, this is what we are encouraged by the psalmist to do. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of a servant looks to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the maid hand of her mistress so our eyes our eyes look to you the Lord our God until you are gracious to us would you bow with me for a word of prayer Father thank you for these inspiring words that you have given us in your book of books, the Bible. Thank you so much for those inspired writers that wrote things in regards to what was actually happening to them and the desperate needs that they had that they wanted you to meet. Father, our world, as it were, is on fire with the pandemic. And Father, we know that you are the God of possibility. That what may be impossible to us as human beings is not impossible to you. And so, Father, we bend the knee. We bend our hearts, our souls, and our minds to you as the creator of this world, as the God who cares for us, a God who loves us, and a God who wants the best for us ultimately. A God who's promised to work things together ultimately for the good of those who love you, who've been called according to your purpose. Thank you so much for these sweet words today. And Father, help us to be encouraged and to go through the next few weeks and months reflective of Psalms 11 verses 3 and 4. Because we do, Father, acknowledge and we want to believe with all of our hearts that you're present in your temple, that you're in control and sit on the throne at this moment. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.